And now, the Street Photography Magazine podcast with your host, Bob Patterson. Welcome back. And here today, I am with the Fredericksburg, well, I'm going to call you the Fredericksburg Street Photography Collective. And they go by FXBG. And uh, I ran into the founder, Ted Nelson, just a month or so ago. Uh, Fredericksburg, Virginia is not too far from where I live. And he reached out to me asking, you know, what part of central Virginia I'm from. I told him I'm in Charlottesville. And uh, so we got to talking and I wanted to get them on here. We, you know, we publish um, every now and then we'll publish stories about different uh, collectives and some are successful, some are not. And uh, so it was nice to see one that's that started in my area, not too far away, and uh, in a smaller town. I mean, it's Fredericksburg is, I don't know, what, about 40 miles south of Washington, D.C., northern Virginia, and um, somewhere around there. And the, and the traffic there is so insane, they might as well be, you know, 200 miles away. But anyway, so let's get going. I Let me uh, just say hi to everybody. We have four people on here, including myself. Um, we have uh, Sean Faraday and uh, Ian Soper and Ted Nelson. Now, um, Ted, he's the founder, and he is uh, he works for the federal government up in D.C., so he has to go up there every now and then. And Ian is um, he's a web designer working for a large corporation. And Sean is retired from the military. Thank you for your service, Sean, by the way. And uh, he's now working for the federal government as well. So we have we have a lot of these federal government people in this part of the country, and uh, you never seem to know what they do, but that's okay. So anyway, welcome guys. How you doing? Doing well. Hey, thanks for having us, Bob. Yeah, thanks a lot, Bob. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I'm glad you were able to do it, especially um, on a weekday. So I want to kick things off. I'm going to ask each of you uh, how you describe yourself. So just take a couple of minutes with that. So everybody knows who you are and knows a little bit about you. So we'll start with you, Ted. All right, Bob. Thanks for uh, having us on the show today. To describe myself, well, I, I guess I'm a pretty positive individual. I'm a, I'm a father and a dad, fully employed. Um, <laughs> so street photography is kind of my hobby. Um, I would say I'm an aspiring enthusiast and uh, definitely growing in the, in the world of uh, street photography. Um, having come from other genres of photography uh, previously. So, Bob, uh, pretty easygoing. Um, I like to get out, and uh, I definitely like to be out and about. I'm a bit of a people person. I like engaging with people. I like talking with people. Um, and I think that would describe what brings me to street photography, you know, the interaction with the people, the interaction with the other members of the group. Uh, it's definitely something we thrive on and it's something that's made us fairly successful. So yeah, I, I guess that's how I describe myself, a people person and, uh, you know, photo aspiring enthusiast. <laughs> yeah, how are we all? Well, how about you, Ian? Yeah, I've been doing photography uh, since high school um, and, and in different ways. Uh, I started taking a couple classes in high school. When I got to college, I was an art major uh, focusing on graphic design. And I started, I took some photojournalism classes there for kind of for fun. And, and that really opened my mind up to photojournalism. And that's sort of been my primary like interest. I, even though I've never done it professionally. I do a lot of documentary style photography. Uh, 
And I've, you know, I did, I've done some work around that personal work around that, um, including doing shooting a whole music scene for a year. And I did a book about that in 2008. Or so, um, other stuff like that. So, and then, and then, you know, uh, 2009, 2010, I, I started having kids. I've got three kids and I'm married and I've got three kids. And, um, that is a lot of photography has been become more family documentary oriented in the past, you know, 10 years or so. And I, for a while there, I wasn't shooting much. And then in 2019, a uh, good friend of mine, Dustin, Dustin Von Luma, you can find him on Instagram at DVL, but he, he helped me get me, get me back started on, on um, shooting again. So I, been shooting a lot more the past couple of years although the pandemic has sort of like taken me taking me sort of i've been on pause a little bit for a while i haven't been shooting too much since then but you know i i do uh, i love finding little moments and things and um the the little parts of life that are weird or boring you know and getting some interesting interesting images from those things yeah well, welcome to the club i think we've all been a little <laughs> constrained so sean how about you Hi, yes, uh, I would could, I guess, describe myself as a family man. Uh, I'm uh, married to my wife uh, 34 years this month, uh, father of three adult kids. Um, I think my photography kind of goes back, and I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit later, but just kind of goes back to, like Ian was saying, taking taking family photos is kind of where I, where I matured my photography skills. But uh, as you stated, I'm a retired Army officer and uh, work for the federal government. I've worked in and out of uh, the federal government and private sector here in the D.C. area uh, for the past number of years. Yeah, very good. Very good. Well, thanks. So, all right, you guys have this collective. And so you call it the FXBG. What's that stand for? Well, Bob, uh, that's that's the abbreviation of Fredericksburg, Virginia. Um, <laughs> okay. It's for the lazy people. We just put a four letters out. Yeah. Why not? Save the time. Well, so how did you get started? I mean, how did you find each other to begin with? How, what do you have, like uh, five members, six members? Oh, no. We're up to 20. We have about 100 and, 110 or so on Facebook that follow us and actively uh, engage. Um, on social media, and we probably have about 20 members thereabout that come oh, out what? on a regular basis. So how did you get started? Well, about January of 2020, um, I really started to transition towards street photography, and I found myself shooting a lot by myself, right, alone. Mm -hmm. um, and I know there were other people out there, just like myself, that were interested in street photography. So I started an Instagram account called Fredericksburg Street Photography with the intention of just documenting the city, a place to post my pictures where I could share them. And um, I posted a meeting one day and said, hey, I'd like to meet other street photographers in the area. Uh, and there I was, seven o'clock at night by myself in a, in a cafe and in walks Sean and then in walks Ian. And uh, that's where it started. <laughs> kind of like three strangers walking to a bar or something? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and slowly we converted each other, and now we're all shooting Fuji X-Series. <laughs> well, that's good, because we can talk about that, too. So so you just did that. How'd you wind up growing to 20 so quickly? Well, it was a little bit of dedication. Um, we started having meetings every other Thursday, and, you know, with the pandemic and swing and uh, 
we had to ensure that we had outdoor meetings and uh, we were socially distancing and finding locations where people would feel comfortable. Um, and it, it was hit or miss, but eventually we started to attract some talented photographers. And uh, I think what really set us apart from other groups is we were about photography, uh, the enjoy, enjoyment of photography, just loving the overall, you know, capturing candid people and also throwing a few beers in there, some pizza, maybe some hamburgers and sitting around and just uh, the camaraderie. And I think that's a big part of the group and just a lot of positive feedback working together. And that's how a group, word of mouth, Instagram, Facebook. Yep. Yeah, if I so, can comment for just a minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is Sean. I, uh, Ted posted something up, and I don't even remember now how I saw it, but it was about a year ago. Um, and it was certainly a year ago this month. And he posted that he was going to meet at a local coffee shop. Um, and I just, you know, walked <laughs> walked over there. I live downtown Fredericksburg, uh, about a mile or so away, and walked down and walked in and saw him sitting there with his Fuji gear. And, you know, <laughs> just started chatting, and some other folks rolled in. And I think Ian was certainly one of those and just kind of, took it from there. Um, Ted just kind of had the inspiration behind it, but I think there was some, you know, pent up demand <laughs> for, uh, for people that wanted to, you know, uh, explore the city, document the city, um, you know, meet other photographers and, uh, and not be judged. I think that was the, the one thing Ted has been pretty, uh, focused on from the beginning is, is that, you know, we're not, we're not judging others. We're just here to, you know, build a community and, and have the camaraderie. Uh, and uh, share uh, like interests. So how do you differ from like a local uh, camera club? If you've ever been a part of one, one of those. I, I would, this is, you know, um, I, I would say one of the things that differentiated us, it, it, it's a, is, is a focus on street photography. And I know a lot of us do other kinds of photography too. Mm -hmm. Um but, you know, we intentionally have things like, you know, we'll just have shooting nights where we'll all just go out and shoot and together and come back and maybe get something to eat or something to drink. Um, and then usually we share them with Ted and Ted posts the photos. So it's definitely, if you look at the our Instagram, um, you can see a lot of, you know, it's all street photography. So that's what the folks of it is. So, and I, and again, you know, there's no... We're a collective, so we're all shooting individually, you know, personally. We're not we're not doing it on behalf of the group necessarily. Uh, and so, you know, the photos are attributed that way. So I think, you know, your camera club, club little camera club stuff, it tends to be just whatever people want to shoot. And I think, and it's, it, this is the focus, I think it sets us apart. So what is your Instagram? Uh, that's uh, Fredericksburg Street Photography, FXPG. Oh, okay, that makes it simple. Yep. Very simple. And that's how you did it. You just organized everything through Instagram. You didn't sign up for meetup or anything like that. No, I had actually looked at some of those groups and um, it, it seems like they, they were very well organized, uh, but it was it's tough to get everybody on the same page. Some people are working, some people are working from home, some people are retired, and it's tough to get the younger members out. So we really, we really just tried to make it open to everybody at a convenient hour when the average person would be home and available. And I think that's why we picked, you know, like Thursday evenings after work hours, uh, posted on Instagram and, you know, if we, we built it and they came. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. Has, Ted has used a couple of different tools to try to reach, uh, out. We were using group me for a while and mm -hmm. I think we've, we've pretty much defaulted over to Facebook, Facebook messenger and Instagram now just to, to communicate with folks. I would say too, one of the biggest things uh, here is that, you know, Ted is like 
driving force. Uh, he may be humble about it, but he really <laughs> is the guy who's organizing stuff. He's really he's shooting all the time. He's always there. I mean, I can't keep up with all the times, and I haven't shot much recently. But you know, he's very he's shooting a lot, and it's it's he's always asking, "Hey, who wants to shoot? Who wants to shoot now? Is it my available Friday or whatever?" So he's he's really good about that, and he's maintained the our, our Instagram organized people. You know, so I, I give Ted a big shout out for all, all this work he's done for that. Um, and I found out uh, about the group from a local professional photographer who just moved out of the area, Aaron Spicer. And, you know, it was, I would not have found out from him. So, it's, you know, that person, th- those, those, those networking connections you make mean everything. Hmm. You're just making me think, I've been thinking about doing something similar here. And I just wondered if we're too small for it. Maybe not. How, how big a town is Charlottesville? Well, the city itself, I think, is about 40,000, but I live in the county, mm-hmm. and the county is about 100,000, so it's, it's you know, a pretty good-sized area. Yeah. So Fredericksburg is, uh, is about between 28 and 30,000 folks in Fredericksburg City. You know, we're an independent city, uh, but just north of us is Stafford and Stafford County mm-hmm. and then Spotsylvania County. So we, we get some draw from there. And then we've had some users coming down from Woodbridge or even down from D.C. Um, but we'd certainly like to get over to Charlottesville to, to shoot with you sometime. Come on over. Yeah, we've got that little mall. I think Ted was there, right? We have a little downtown open-air yeah. mall. and. Uh, and then just you know some of the just some of the neighborhoods are are really nice too. Yeah, I've got to get out more. Hey Bob. Yeah. Uh, one thing one thing I would add, um, and I'd be remiss if I didn't, is one thing I think is really important in our group is we had to establish a home base, right? We had to mm-hmm. establish a, a place where we meet and that's open for photography for discussion of photography, and and we have a unique situation. There's a there's an art cafe downtown. Um, owned and operated by one of our members. So, uh, Corey Blanche, he, uh, owns it with his, uh, with his fiance, uh, Megan, and they have made it our home for Fredericksburg street photography. They open up the cafe. Um, he's a, a big videographer and uh, content producer himself, and he's really welcomed members in there. And what we've seen is a lot of people know that that's the hub for our group. So they tend to go there even when there aren't meetings. So they sit down and talk with Corey and, you know, he's kind of a community leader. So even when members aren't in an official meeting with our group, they know they can go there and that's the place to go and discuss photography with anybody when they're there. And we tend to find each other there often, even when we're not having meetings. So that's been helpful for us. That makes a lot of sense. In fact, Ted and I met up there yesterday and had uh, had lunch uh, before we we were just going to walk and shoot uh, just the two of us. And Corey sat down with us at the table. Curitiba Art Cafe uh, is the name of it. Um, But he sat down at the table with his Sony rig and gimbal and was just like geeking out on (laughs) on all of all the stuff he had and how how useful it was. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's a good point. We we have lots of places like that here. Just have to find somebody willing to. Take your business, I guess. So, uh, but you're able to do this during the pandemic, I take it. It seems like so many people don't meet anymore. Well, we, we've been fortunate. Uh, a lot of the members will come outside. Some, some just want to walk around and keep their distance and do some street photography. Some are okay wearing a mask and, and eating indoors as long as they abide by the county regulations. Um, and we even hosted a, uh, a swap meet recently, which had a really good showing. We were pleasantly surprised. 
Ooh, swap meet. I like that. I got some uh, Fuji lenses I'm thinking of selling, but we'll, we can take that offline. Ted, that sounds there good. There go. we go. <laughs> Build my <laughs> Trinity lenses there. <laughs> yeah. I know a number of collectives that I talk to. Uh, one that comes to mind is one up in New York. Is They get together. Of course, this was before the pandemic that I talked to them. They get together every month, I think, in a, a, the same location. And people do presentations and they'll, you know, they'll have a projector and they'll put up photos and talk about their photos and, and get critiques from the other members. Do you do anything like that? Ian, I'll pass this over to you. Uh, you did a great job hosting some social media uh, reviews. and Yeah, I, I, we've done a couple of those. Uh, we've done we some online kind of Zoom Mm-hmm. style uh things where we've shared uh have people just share share their work uh and we talk about it we haven't done you know specifically like here's critique sessions i you know i've done some of that with some people on those calls um but i i do think you know that's an area we could grow in is is um our focus has been has been to just be very inclusive of people of all skill levels and mm-hmm. um, styles and, but I do think there's opportunity for us to, for those that are interested in the group to get, you know, to sharpen their skills and, and get critique. Critique is a hard thing to accept. I, you know, I've been doing professional design work for a really long time and I've, I've grown a thick skin, but it took a long time. <laughs> oh yeah. And, uh, it's really hard to, to get, to hear someone say your photo isn't good or, you know, here's three things you could think about when you're shooting, you know, but I think we can do that in a way that's very, it's still inclusive. And um, that is still, uh, you know, accepting of people. So, but it is, you know, we, I, I would personally would love to see uh, everyone grow in their skills and get better and better and better. The one thing we don't want to do is uh, intimidate or scare people away. And Ted has been very good. And just the group as a community been good about, you know, just being open to anyone. We do have some professional shooters who, who make a living off photography and certainly, um, you know, as a hobbyist, I don't mind uh, constructive criticism, but, um, you know, when somebody posts something in one of our forums, uh, be it, you know, Facebook or Instagram, um, we, we try not to just, you know, <laughs> have people commenting, uh, you know, what could have been better about it. You know, it's mm-hmm. either you like it or, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything. <laughs> so, um, but, but, but there is certainly, there have been some opportunities and uh, certainly room to grow there uh, for those who, who want to push themselves and their skills. I think, I think Sean based, yeah, definitely. And, and also on top of that too, like, I think have us having a forum that's specific for that would probably help. Like if we said, here's a specific forum for critique, like a portfolio of review or something or a critique session, that would be something where people sign up for, you know, and aren't yeah. being bombarded, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Cause it, it also takes time. So, um, yeah, I know the local camera club here. They have the regular meetings and presentations, and then they have a couple critique sessions per month where people can sign up. And I've done that. It's I found it really helpful. Uh, although some people don't quite un, don't really get street photography, but you know that's that's another thing altogether. Bob, I think you said it best that people can sign up. Right. So I know we're going to host some sessions like that, and uh, people will probably be eager to join and and get their work evaluated, but some will not. And uh, yeah. 
it's tough enough to get people on the street to shoot street photography, especially if they're uncomfortable or they come from, you know, a studio based environment where they're interacting with people because they want to. And uh, we've always called street photography like it's a freestyle of photography, right? It's an uncomfortable zone where you have to find yourself. And, and somewhere in between there, you're going to discover yourself and your shooting style and your ability to communicate with people. And that's really a, a personal, a personal thing. And uh, it's it to get somebody to grow there before they can grow on their work. It's tough. So we're sensitive to that. We're, we're trying to be positive mm-hmm. with the members. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes total sense. I know I've talked to some people who have attended workshops with Bruce Gilden and they said some people walk out of there crying. I mean, he's such a, <laughs> such a tough, oh, he's pretty aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. He's an aggressive guy anyway, but to be critiqued by him, I mean, so blinded by flash. <laughs> you know, a wild New Yorker critiquing your stuff is that's tough. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he pulls no punches. I don't know. I I don't think I'm going to do it. So, um, what do you get out of this? What do you individually? Hi, this is Sean. I I would say you know as a hobbyist, I just I just enjoy it. I enjoy getting out. I enjoy shooting. It gives me an excuse to to go and walk, whether it's it's just me or me and my wife or me me and the dog walking around town, but just capturing life. I certainly enjoy documenting what's going on in, in our town. It's 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 a it's a quaint little town. Um, not to sound too trite or trivial, but it's uh, it's just it's just a great place to to live. I've been here two years. We lived just north of here in Stafford for about fourteen years, uh, raising our kids. But uh, I just enjoy being out and interacting with people and and capturing daily life. Um, certainly, uh, being able to kind of see a scene or, or um, Ted and I were standing around yesterday kind of waiting for, you know, seeing some light and, and hoping someone would, would happen into that light and, and, and make the, the scene that you kind of had in your mind. So um, for me, it's just, uh, it's just enjoyment, you know? Um, yeah. But what do you get out of the group? How does, how, how are you benefiting from be, being just a member of this group? Oh, I see. Oh, well, um, I, I think just uh, encouragement, being um, having someone else to go out with. So sometimes, you know, just not wandering around by myself. But like I said, Ted and I walked around yesterday and I've gone out with uh, my neighbor, John, who's uh, more of a video videographer, um, does weddings and stuff. But we've uh, we've walked into town and, and done some shooting before. So it's just having somebody else to uh, socialize with, especially during this this you know weird pandemic time. Uh, when so many of us are isolated, you know, you can you can walk around on the streets, you know, with or without a mask, keeping your distance uh, fairly well. So I, I think that's uh, that's been helpful for me to, to kind of encourage me to get out of the house. Yeah, definitely. I would say the same. I would say like the community aspect is really big, like um, being able to be around other people who who are shooting the same way that you are. I've always had a really hard time with photographers because I shoot documentary style most of the time. And it's, you know, most photographers that I know, professionals or, or just anybody who's a hobbyist, just, you know, usually end up seeing like portraiture mm-hmm. weddings or you see the hobbyist side, you see a lot of people doing like astrophotography, nature photography, you know, landscape. There's nothing wrong with any of those things, but it's not how I shoot. So 
the photography, the, the, uh, the street photography group is much closer to how I shoot. And it's people that you can like, you know, uh, understand the, the, that way of shooting more and can you guys, you know, you're, 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 you you made friends, you know, I'm, these two guys are my friends now. I would never have met them before, you know? So it, it's been a great way to build community. And I've been involved in other groups in the area for different things, for design, for tech, for uh, filmmaking, all sorts of stuff in the past. And, you know, I always meet new people every time I am a part of one of these groups. So it's been, it's been really nice to, to do that. Yeah, Bob. One thing I would say is uh, we don't run Fredericksburg Street Photography uh, Collaborative, as you call it, as a business, right? Um, we're not we're not making money, um, we're not soliciting money, we're not soliciting funds. But what members really benefit from is there is a breadth of experience. Every time we bring in a new member, there's a lot to share on that genre of photography, and then that member will gain some experience in street photography from our side of the fence. Um, Mental health has been a tough thing. It's been a, a hot topic recently. And I'll, I'll tell you, having a collective like this, having friends that you can meet after work and do some photography and kind of remove yourself from your coworkers, your family, these things that are very stressful in your life. It's been a really good break. And we really strive on trying to be that positive element. Um, and I think that's been the feedback from the group. Um, you know, it's just a change of reality from every single day, a little bit of personal development. And uh I think another thing that we really bring that a lot of collaboratives don't is we solicit, I should say solicits the word, but uh, we, we actively ask people, bring your family members out, bring your kids out, uh, teach them to shoot. And we've seen a lot of our young members really as young as 10 and 12, get a mm -hmm. camera in their hand and come join us. And man, the eye, the composition, the images they're bringing are, are really impressive. And we, so they're learning young and, and we really, we invite that. We think that's a great way to start younger photographies, uh, younger photographers in the, in, you know, in the hobby. And most recently, I think a friend of yours, Mark Gilvey, had reached out mm -hmm. and, and joined our group. I saw that. And, yeah. you know, he's he's been going through a, he's been going through his own his own challenges lately. But it was great to get him on, you know, FaceTime and let him we pass the phone around and he got to meet all the members. And, and he's already sharing his knowledge and his experience. And we're looking forward to him really getting out and joining us. But every time we bring somebody in like that, it's, it's, it's a benefit for everybody in the club. Yeah. He's very talented. Yeah. I, I was glad to see that. I happened to mention it to him the other day and I saw I reached out to you. That's good. So, so what's this done for your own, for your skills as a photographer or your style? Has it changed you much? This, this is for any of you. Yes. I would say yes across the board. You know, we joke and we say we start shooting things, then we start shooting people, and then we start shooting scenes, and then we bring it all together, and all of a sudden we're shooting light and shadows. And I would say chasing Ian around and chasing some of the uh, really, really uh, talented photographers, I have learned a lot. I, 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 a lot. Anybody else? I would say for me, um, there's been, we, we tend to, you know, just because everyone's schedules and everything, we tend to shoot at night a lot. And that's, that's a challenging thing to shoot, right? And especially when, you know, you have people walking around, be, you know, lighting's weird, it's night and everything. So trying to, I've always found photography, just try to shoot where you are and don't try to set up. I don't try to, I don't sort of set up anything. Mm -hmm. That's been, that's a challenge that I've, I've gotten, I think I've gotten improved upon being with a group is shooting at night and, you know, trying to find those circumstance situations when it's when it's tougher when it's not doesn't present you so easily. Oh, I love night photography. 
Yeah, same here. I've enjoyed getting out at night as well. And we said we're not competitive, but, you know, I think by nature, yeah, <laughs> you are. many of us are, right? So we've had a few, like, you know, competitions that, you know, go out and just with a theme. So um, Boca or uh, a color or something along those lines and just, you know, people posting up um, what they shot that night and, and others just kind of, uh, you know, giving a thumbs up or, or saying, you know, which which shot they thought was the best out of the the ones that were submitted. So that's been fun. Yeah. A recommendation for you. I just, uh, the other day I interviewed, uh, Valerie Chardon. Love her. her. Yeah, I love her work. Yeah. She's, she's something else. And she just wrote a book called, I think it's like 75 street photography assignments. I mean, I'm butchering the name, but that's what it is. And there's these assignments in the book. Um, so if you're, if you've run out of ideas for, contests or just yourself you you can just open that book stick your finger on a page or in the uh, table of contents and have something else to do that's a great idea yeah so it sounds like every single one of you shoots fuji now this isn't a fuji show but since we're all on here together i don't know what why do you like fuji I'll uh, I'll talk first about that. I, I I've shot different systems throughout the years. I first started shooting. Um, I, yeah, I think I came on. Pants came one thousand back in the day, and my dad uh, gave me his old Olympus OM two system. And I used that for a while, and then I then I started. All my friends were shooting Nikon in college, so I got I got a Nikon, and I and I'm shooting shoot not shot Nikon for a really long time, and then you know. I realized I wasn't using my camera very much. It was just too much equipment to lug around. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I decided it, it was kind of time back in 2019, I think it's 2019. Yeah. Um, I, I started, I picked up uh, X pro two and used, and I got some lenses. So I've been shooting on my X pro two. It's the only camera I have. And with it, with a few different lenses, and that's and it's been great. You know, I can carry, I can put it in my pocket sometimes. If I use my twenty-seven millimeter lens, I can put it in a pot in a big like coat mm -hmm. pocket, and I can really carry it around with me anywhere. And it's been it's been great uh, to to use that. And it's really it's uh, I can shoot you know zone focus with it you know, uh, and it's you know it's it's it feels you know it's like a light. It's kind of like shooting a light, but not really. <laughs> Looks like one. Yeah, it looks like one at least. Everyone asks me if I have a film camera. Every single person. oh yeah, I get asked that all the time. Yeah, uh, but I love shooting that camera. It's been it's been really really awesome. Yeah, I would say the uh, the portability and the controllability. Uh, I as you know as as I said, I started shooting mostly with family when the kids were younger, and I had a old Nikon. I don't know if you remember the Pronia series uh, had the APS uh, film, but then moved into a D forty and. Uh, it, it was just, you know, kind of big and clunky, especially uh, for travel. So um, don't remember how I stumbled upon Fuji, but uh, I'm now on the X-T3 and I started on the X-T1 and then migrated to X-T2 and, and now I'm shooting the X-T3. And I just love it. Um, it's, just, it's so it's just, um, you know, concealable. It's carryable. It doesn't weigh a ton. And uh, the output of it is just just amazing. The Fuji colors off their sensors are just uh, just something else. Yeah, are you are you all shooting JPEGs? 
I usually shoot both, but just use the JPEGs. So, you know, it's got the dual cards in there and, and I shoot mm -hmm. both. Um, but I have not used the, the raw files in quite some time. I shoot raw. I don't, I'm not, I'm, I know I'm not a purist, Fuji purist here, but I shoot raw all the time. That gives me more latitude on the, on the back end. Mm -hmm. you know, Ted got me started on something. So I got, I got you to thank for this. I, um, you were talking about the um, recipes. Yeah, you talked about Fuji Fuji X Weekly. Yeah, Fuji X Weekly. I'm going to invite him to come on here. By the way. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, great website, Fuji X Weekly, and so he publishes all these recipes for film simulations. I've been using the Fuji since the X100 came out, like almost ten years ago, I think. And you know, I knew they were there you know, all the, the custom settings, but I never really mess with them. And I I do mostly black and white. So I thought, you know, maybe I'm going to look at this and see if I can replicate what I have in my head in camera so I can do less editing on the, on the back end. So I've been playing with that ever since you told me about that. <laughs> uh, so great. I just wondered if any of you guys are, are playing with film simulations. I, I use film simulations, um, but I have a Lightroom uh, process that I use, and Lightroom does not carry the film simulations over, so you got to reapply them. Whenever mm -hmm. you get back and get in the Lightroom, it's kind of a pain because um, uh, it's, it's custom metadata, you know, blah, 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 technical stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That, uh, Fuji has in the, in the EXIF uh, of the RAW, so it's, a, it's, a, it's, not, it's not translatable. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I like shooting film simulations a lot. Like, I like. Uh, if I, if I was more of a JPEG shooter, I would really, really, like, you know, try to learn all the, the Q settings, you know, on the camera and all that. Cause most of that is not applicable to, to raw, like sharpness and everything else. Cause that all have, that's all processing that the camera does in camera. And when you're, when it creates a JPEG, it doesn't apply to a raw file. A lot of those. So yeah, but the, it, it's fun to like, uh, you know, if I'm shooting black and white, it's nice to see the image in black and white in an Acros, you know, or like with the yellow or, or red filter you know on it to, to get the contrast so it's i love shooting with those yeah when i talked about the controllability that's one of the things you know other than having the uh the exposed dial so you don't have to dig into a menu to change your iso or oh, yeah. or shutter speed the the film simulations you know they have the built-in ones classic chrome and velvia um, but the using the q menu i can i can add these recipes you know like six or eight recipes on the back. So I have one, uh, Kevin Mullins, uh, I have a, a Padilla, you know, Kodachrome, you know, so um, some of these uh, very famous uh, photographers, uh, well-known street photographers and other genres have posted recipes. And, and again, uh, back to the resource you mentioned, uh, uh, the X Magazine or X Weekly, uh, there's some, there's just really neat to try um, experimenting with, with the different recipes that you can dial in. Yeah, I think the thing is, is not to go too crazy with it because then you go down a rabbit hole. Well, I think That's you true. also <laughs> you can also shoot raw and JPEG, so you you can choose whichever mm -hmm. one you want, right? Right out, and uh, I'll tell you when I I I've been trained on the Nikon system for work, and I travel a lot overseas, and I will tell you that there's in a recent trip when I was in India, 
Um, I took an XT1 with me and it was the first time I'd ever shot Fuji. And uh, it was a life altering experience being able to just look down, see the settings, roll the exposure, whether you're inside, outside, in a crowd, the sun's setting, the sun's rising and quick, easy controls. I can see it on the screen live. And that was great. And yeah, sure, you can do it with Nikon, you can do it with Sony, you can do it with any of the other systems out there. But Fuji just makes it so easy. It's such a small camera. You know, it's just, I think that's what drew me to it. And the lenses are small, right? You can pack a full kit in a very small bag and travel on an airplane, in a car. You can carry it around and you don't look like a photographer. You can just throw them in a the pocket if you have to. And you're getting super high quality metal lenses that you're not getting with other systems. Yeah. You know, when I travel, I just take my X100F with me and that's it. You know, I've got, I got an X-Pro2 and lenses, and but I just take the X100F and, and if if I can't, you know, if I can't get my shot with that uh, 35 equivalent, then it's not my shot. Yeah, that's a great camera. As you know, that's that's camera Valerie loves. <laughs> Valerie's it sure is. That's all she just, uses. Yeah, that's all she uses. I think. Yeah. I, I just sold an X100S um, that we'd used for some overseas, overseas trips and travel and stuff. But just, again, very pocketable camera. That's funny because I, I basically shoot that way all the time because I have X-Pro2 and my 23mm F2. So it's yeah. basically the same. It's about the same <laughs> and I probably should I probably should just get an X100V or something like that, you know, and and uh and go for it. I know I have a friend who shoots X100V and he says it's one of the best cameras he's ever used. So uh, you know, it's those cameras are pretty incredible. Yeah, I like them. Sometimes the buttons are a little small for my thumb, but uh you know, there's always a trade-off, right? Oh, for sure. So, which lens do you, which lenses would do you want to have that you don't? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> I want the one four. I really want the twenty three and the thirty five one four. That would make me happy. Yeah, I would like the twenty three one four too. I, I I have the f two. I have all the f two like water mm-hmm. wr lenses. You know, or not all of them. I've got those are the ones I mostly use and. But I would love to have uh, the one four or what is it? The uh, what's their portrait? I, I'm sounding like an idiot right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. then there's a That's ninety. That. Yeah, I don't have either one of those. Yeah, I would like to have one of those uh, for portraits and stuff. But you know, I get by pretty well with the F two. I don't. I, I I sometimes I feel like the high aperture thing. I mean, those are nice lenses, really good lenses, really good glass. But I think. People don't realize how much they can get by with with the um, cheaper lenses. They don't need to have the. They don't necessarily need the higher end ones. Yeah, their whole lineup of f two lenses are, are very competitive, and they um, are nice. I got the yeah. I yeah. bought. I do have the. I do have the twenty three f one four and love it. That's the one I, I keep on my camera almost all the time, exclusively. Uh, I went out with a ninety yesterday, the ninety f two, um, just for a change and. Uh, really takes some getting used to having to be almost across the street or down yeah. the street from your subject as opposed to the 23. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that, that'll really throw you off. I just bought, I bought the 14 and the, the 14 too. I love it. It's just beautiful. And it. uh, I've had the 35 one four for years and I love that one too. You know, they're, they're old. Both of those are older lenses. They're not as, they don't focus as fast, but they just, I don't know. They just have a look about them. I can't describe mm, it. They do. 
Another thing about Fuji is, you know, back on the <laughs> kind of geeking out on Fuji is the firmware updates that they put out. You know, this yeah. last one really increased. I've got the 60 macro and uh, it was always hunting. It was very oh, slow God. to grab capture. This last uh, firmware upgrade uh, helped it tremendously. I mean, it's really? a, lot, a lot more responsive and, and quicker to That's grab. pretty cars. incredible. Yeah, I had that several years ago and sold it because of that. Let's you know, go buy it back. <laughs> I might. <laughs> I haven't seen anybody selling one, but I'm sure somebody is. So are any of you guys shooting film? Not I haven't days. shot film for a really long time. I've got some film cameras, and a good friend of mine shoots a lot of film. So I was trying to get back into film again, but the slog of the cost <laughs> is it's so expensive nowadays. It's so yeah, expensive. It and the slog of it, you know, like trying to like get it processed, scan it in. It's just a real big pain in the butt. So I just, I, I attended on the shooting film and I, and I gave up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I get the urge every now and then I do it. And then, like you say, it just takes so long. But it's, it's undeniable. I feel like, I, I still feel like there's something about, about film, um, certain stocks, especially, you know, and I, I used to love shooting on Tri-X. Mm -hmm. um and some of the portrait stuff was really great uh but you know i for me i i i'm 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 like i'm kind of a weirdo with with you know i'm shooting i'm using lightroom cloud a lot of people don't use Mm -hmm. and i should i add it on my phone all the time (laughs) when i'm like in bed (laughs) after my kids are asleep because that's the only time that i have and so when i'm doing editing a lot of times like that and I can send out albums straight from my phone to people or like photos straight from my phone or post them on Instagram. So, you know, that to me is, is my, it tends to be my workflow. It's wherever I can hole up for a few minutes. And, uh, and so, you know, film just doesn't offer afford that, you know, film, uh, film is so time consuming and I just can't do it. So you're using Lightroom cloud. So what are, what are they charging you for that? <laughs> Uh, I only have a gig of the terabyte one. So it's about 20 bucks a month. I get that, you know, but I think, uh, you know, if I had the problem with, it's not a problem. It's just the choice that I've made. Right. Cause I I haven't, I don't shoot a huge amount of quantity, so I don't need terabytes and terabytes of space right now, at least. And so I'm calculating at some point I might have to move over to something else, but I do like the convenience of it quite a lot. You should you can edit on in the browser on a computer you can edit on your on the app or with the, on your phone or on tablet or anywhere so it's pretty it's pretty cool but yeah the cost is prohibitive. hopefully cloud storage will come down some <laughs> yeah because I know they charge a lot for their cloud storage I want to ask you about your personal work this is something I'm interested in I'm uh, I'm doing a project at home I'm um, I bought a bunch of frames. I'm printing out, printing a lot of my work. And um, other than my office, we don't have any of my photos in the house. So I'm making a photo wall. And so I, I selected photos from places we've been. And that's sort of the theme. And I had one that I really like. We were on a ship sailing out of Auckland Harbor. And this, so this one's about New Zealand. And it's the back of these women looking out over the skyline. I thought this this is a nice photo. And it's kind of windy, you know, we're out, out at sea. And this lady's hair is kind of messy. So I printed all these photos and I showed it to my wife. And I said, 
I want to put this one on the wall. And she goes, your hair's messy. <laughs> I go, yeah, but <laughs> this is why I like this photograph. And I explain, yeah, but her hair's messy. So I just wanted to ask you, does your significant other uh, appreciate the street style enough to have it hanging in your house? Well, Bob, I'm in the same boat you are. I'm finishing the downstairs part of my house and I want to hang pictures and, and uh my wife wants approval. Uh she wants to see what I'm going to be hanging. And uh is it black and white? Is it silhouettes? Is it an individual? Can you make out their face? Very important factors for her, which of course to me I most of the pictures I love and cherish the most in my portfolio are ones that maybe don't get the most attention on social media. So and I would say the answer is no to street photography on our walls. <laughs> she does She does allow me to have, I think there's five or six prints uh, that I've taken, um, but three of them are a series I took a couple years ago. We had a beautiful snow here early one morning, and I, I snuck out downtown and, and grabbed some pictures of some storefronts um, and actually our neighbor's house. I gave to them as a wedding present, but um, got some, some of the restaurants and storefronts in the snow. So I have a series of those in black and white. And then I've had a couple of uh, some close-ups of some like Shasta daisies or something in one of our bedrooms. But uh, other than that, uh, nothing uh, you know, street, I would consider street photography. Yeah, well, I would say the same with, oh, with, yeah, with me, I would say the same thing, basically, that, you know, it's my wife would want or my family would want photos that were meaningful to everyone, mm -hmm. you know, and I think street photography stuff might be meaningful to me personally but not necessarily meaningful to everyone. So it could be a street photography thing that's a scene of something we like in Fredericksburg or something like that. But I, I don't have too much of that. Uh, mostly it's people. And, you know, I've always had this problem. I've had this problem in the past when I've had art show. It's like, you know, you have a bunch of random people that no one really knows. No one's going to buy your work unless, mm -hmm. you know, so it's, it, when it comes to the general public, people always want really meaningful things for them. And that usually means a stranger is not very meaningful. <laughs> and that's the hard thing about this kind of stuff. Yeah. Anytime I show somebody a photo that they're, they're in, maybe in a group or whatever, they always look at themselves first. I guess we all do that, right? That's true. So it's all, all personal. So one other thing I want to ask, ask you as a group is if somebody else is interested in doing what you're doing, how do you recommend they get started? Well, Bob, I, I, having started this group, I, I would say that they need to figure out which format they want to advertise their group on. Is it social media? Is it a public announcement? Are they going to build off of members of other groups? Um, and they got to pick their genre, right? Is it going to be street photography? Is it just going to be a photography collective as a whole? Um, and, and, you know, if they build it, people will come. Um, but you need to be steady. I think you need to be welcoming and I think you need to be accepting of uh, the people that are going to come to you and, and understand what are they seeking? Like, like you said, what are they going to get out of the group? Um, yeah, that's, that's the advice I would give them. Well, it makes sense. The, so, other thing that, the other thing that Ted has done uh, is he's printed off like business cards one by way of explaining to people, if somebody asks, hey, why are you taking my picture? Which we, we get uh, from time sure. to time. Um, but but others, you know, like, hey, what are you doing? Or I, I, I've got a camera, I'm interested. Uh, we can point them towards, uh, you know, towards the website or um, the Instagram page. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's a really good idea. Having some type of identification, so that so they know who's taking the picture. Plus, they can send you an email. And we've had a we've had a lot of people. I'm sorry. Say that again. We have had a lot of people respond on the cards, and we've had a lot of people. We the business cards have really helped in diffusing situations that could have otherwise been more confrontational, right? You whip out a business card and you explain, hey, this is what we're doing. They look at it and their whole demeanor changes instantly. Like, oh, it goes from a, why are you taking my picture of, oh, thank you. And uh, it just changes the situation at hand pretty quick. So do you have one business card for everybody or do you all have individual ones? Uh, we have one that we developed. Uh, the group approved it. Um, I ordered a thousand of them. And then every now and then I'll, I'll order some and pass them out to the members of the group. So when they shoot with us, they can um, identify themselves. It, and it also helps having their pictures on the website so that we have had a few issues where people have reached out and asked about members and we've been able to quickly say that they are not our members and we're not responsible for their conduct. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, I it, like and, and the one thing group people need to remember when they start a group like this is there's a lot of photographers in the street in Fredericksburg, right? Fredericksburg is not a big city like New York or Chicago. So, when there's a photographer downtown Fredericksburg and your group is well known, people automatically make the assumption that they're part of your group. And if they do something unprofessional, that person, that individual in the streets, probably going to reach out to the group and be like, "Hey, I ran into one of your photographers." And then I found myself having to go through and say, "Well, they're mm -hmm. not actually one of our photographers. I'm really sorry you had that interaction." So we really promote strong ethics and professionalism in our group because um, we are a small group in a small town, and we. We need to be very cautious of our image and what we're portraying with the public. It's, that's important if you want to be accepted as part of the community. Yeah. Ted, I would say that's, that's a growing pains issue too, right? It's like a year ago, you know, we, this has been about a year now, right? We've done this. So it, it's, uh, there, there went from zero members, right? Or one member, I guess you, to like, uh, a lot of people. And, and now you're like, well, now how do we handle, uh, everyone shooting, you know, different people in the group having different perspectives and everything else. It's so it's, you know, um, it's tough to balance all that. Yeah. And I would just add to that too, that, that, uh, you know, people are shooting on their, on their own behalf too. And it's not necessarily, uh, always the group that, you know, even though we're part of a group, it's not like we're not, um, uh, we're still shooting on our own. So there's a little bit of that going on too. Ted, is, it, is that fair to say? Can you add any more to that? No, absolutely. It's fair to say. And, and I think that's the the driving force behind, you know, we're getting some shirts made up. We've had some hats, some beanies made up with our design. Um, one of our members made some awesome designs and that kind of highlights the group when people want to advertise are part of the group. And then some people want to advertise their own business when they're out and about. And yeah, I would say mostly it's all positive. Yeah, very good. Well, I'll tell you what, why don't, as we wrap up, why don't you each just take take a couple minutes to say, tell us how you got into photography, just in general. And we'll start with Ted. Okay. Um, well, I initially, I started doing photography as part of my work, uh, basically in the social service realm. And uh, it was a great way to build uh, rapport with people when I was working in the community. Uh, photography really, I guess it brought people together. And then as I grew, uh, I had a child and she needed to have a liver transplant. She had some serious health issues and she was living in an oxygen tent for, for a month or so. And 
I really wanted to document the situation because I didn't know how that was going to end for us. And uh, it was, a, we actually came out of it as a whole. And I look back on those pictures and I'm glad I have them. And I realized how important taking pictures and documenting your life is, uh, how important that process is. And then uh, I kind of grew into my job now where I travel a lot and started taking a lot of pictures. But unfortunately, in the last couple of years, I, I guess I shot more of things and sites than I did actual people. And uh, once I started shooting people, I say shooting, but photogra photographing people, um, I really enjoyed it. And it's kind of brought an entire uh, a new dimension to my photography, which led to this group. It's kind of how I ended up here. Good. What about you, Ian? Yeah, I started, like I mentioned earlier, I started in, in high school and one of my influences early on is my dad. He's, uh, he was always documenting everything. He's always, he's a good photographer and, you know, I learned, to, I learned a basis of photography, photography from him plus some classes in, in high school. And, um, you know, as I learned about art in general through my, uh, getting an art, art degree, and learning about composition and color and all those things that you learn. Um, I, I took some photojournalism classes in college too, and that really, really opened my my world up to to a, a way of shooting. Like, um, I, I was, I'm always kind of, I've always been like off the cuff shooter, always. Like, I don't think I've ever ever been good at um, setting up modeling shots or or uh, or doing like you know. Um, landscapes or, or, or sort of still life kind of things or, you know, where commercial photography, that kind of stuff. I've never been good at any of those things, but or I never really focused on them. So when photojournalism came around, I realized, you know, that these photographers have to like shoot at any circumstance, any, any situation, any circumstance and shoot these amazing photos. So it's, uh, that really inspired me. And I remember, uh, I went on a trip in college to Sylvania and I, when I was there, I did a lot of shooting and that was probably, we call that travel photography now probably or some street photography there too. And then, and, and, and I remember I saw Henri Cartier-Bresson exhibit there and I was just like, I was like, it was blown away by it. <laughs> um, so I, I've always been really interested in documentary stuff, photojournalists, people like Bruce Davidson, Winter Grand, Vivian Meyer more recently and all the Magnum photographers. And then I think uh, I really found uh, not just this group, but like um, all the people who are doing documentary family photography that really connects with me a lot because I am, I'm a dad and, you know, I've got kids and, you know, life is crazy and capturing those raw moments. I love to do, and I love to see these other groups that are doing the same thing. So it's been, it's been great to be a family, have family be the focus in a lot of ways in my work outside of street photography and stuff. Uh, to be able to uh, do that in a in not everybody posing and smiling kind of kind of way. Yeah. And what about you, Sean? For me, I think it dates back probably to about seventh grade. My uh, my neighbor and, and best friend Kevin um, next door had uh, had a Minolta SRT two hundred one and uh, used to shoot and then. What I enjoyed about it was actually being in the dark room. He built the dark room in his closet, you know, having the <laughs> the developer and the fixer and mixing the chemicals and spooling the film on there onto the cassettes that developed them. Um, so that's kind of where I guess I first got interested in photography, and and probably didn't didn't do much with it until um, you know in college. I think I had a point and shoot, and then uh, off to the army, um, you know, traveling around with a little Olympus point and shoot. Um, 
documenting, you know, whatever was going on, going to the field or being around my soldiers or whatever it might be. Um, and then, you know, fast forward to uh, kind of where I where I left off before was uh, getting into family photography and, you know, documenting the kids' sports and the vacations, et cetera. So that's it for me. All right. So why don't you tell us where people can find out more about, about your group and more about you as well? Well, Bob, the uh, group can be found the easiest way, I would say, is Instagram at uh, FXBG uh, Street Photography. Uh, we also have a website, uh, which is, you know, FredericksburgStreetPhotography.com. And we have a Facebook page as well, Fredericksburg Street Photography. Uh, that's the quickest way to locate our group um, and engage with us. Yeah, and I think all of us are linked off of FredericksburgStreetPhotography.com. My personal photography uh, street photography is uh, off my Instagram is the last name Faraday is F as in Frank, A-H-E-R-T-Y dot photos. And uh, I've just kind of started building that off uh, over the last few months. I, I had most of my pictures kind of on a personal account and kind of spun off this uh, street photography page just uh, to make things a little bit more curated, I guess. Good, good. And yeah, what about you, Ian? Um, I, I'll, my Instagram is where I post most of my work and it's, uh, Ian Soper underscore photography. And that is uh, on Instagram and I, you know, I have a website and stuff too, but, um, mostly it's that that's where you put my work. Yeah. And by the way, there, the group website is very well done. And so nice work, Ted. <laughs> Good work. And so I encourage everyone to go take a look at it. And then, and again, it does link to everybody who's a member, uh, I guess maybe not all members, but, uh, um, so it's, a, I think it's a really good example of, uh, what you can do with a very simple tool, Squarespace to make, uh, to make a nice, uh, website for your group. Well, anyway, well, thank you guys. I appreciate you taking the time during the week and, uh, one day I'm going to take a take a ride over there and meet you in person. Sounds great. Bob, maybe we'll take a trip out to uh, do some street photography with you in uh, Charlottesville. 